0: That is who you are. We thank God for another year. Another year of his faithfulness. Another year of his kindness for his people. And as we begin to celebrate this brand new year we've never seen before, we thank God for his promise. Uh, promises to us because we know that all of his promises are yea and amen. Father, we give you praise today for you are the alpha and the omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are a constant source of strength. You are the joy of our life. We thank you, God, for your love and God, for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you, God, for teaching us to love one another just as you have loved us. And God, we thank you for this year where we learn how to simplify, to do things that are meaningful to you, and God, we give you praise for that. Now, Father, we ask that your kingdom come and your will be done in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Now, if you have not been with us since the beginning of the year, which was three days ago, then you probably are not aware that We have decided for 2021, we are going to be simple-minded. We're not going after the deep things. We're going to let the deep things come to us. But we're going to simplify and get to the place where we understand God's word to the point that we can exercise God's word. Amen? If it does not work in our lives, it's useless in our lives. Amen? So, to that end, we're going to begin our first simple sermon this morning. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 6. I think one of the things that I shared with you is that prayer is going to be important this year. Now, it was important last year, but you. Never mind. Simplify, right? All right. I'll be messing with people. (laughs) In verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6, here's what he says. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The verse I want to capitalize on today is verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I got a little King James on the title. Thy kingdom come. Amen? You may be seated. Thy kingdom come. <clears throat> and I use the King James version for the title because that's how you learn to pray in the beginning, right? Before we had all of these translations, and all you had was thy kingdom come. So I hope that you'll remember that. Amen. So the Bible teaches us that uh, the first three words of this text, three simple words, your kingdom come. Uh, It's an incredible statement. It has a lot of meaning, but it's simple words in English, three words, your kingdom come. Three words in the Greek, your kingdom come. And the Bible teaches us that they open up all kinds of things that God wants to do in our lives. Amen? Thy kingdom come is God's exhortation of his son. The Bible teaches us that thy kingdom come is expressed to the one who has a right to rule and to reign. That is none other than the king himself. Amen? He is the king of kings. And he is the Lord of lords. The kingdom of God is that moral and spiritual kingdom that God is setting up right now in the midst of all of us, that he is setting up in this fallen world. Amen? We are his subjects. And his subjects consist of as many people who believe and receive his word and who are brought into subjection to his authority. Now, that tells us something, that before we can be parts of the kingdom, we have to be in the kingdom. We can only be in the kingdom if we're subject to the king's authority. Amen? Amen. Amen. And uh, there are a lot of folk who uh, think that they can have the king and not be subject to his authority. But I don't think that that's going to work anywhere, not in this country or any other country. Amen? So when the Bible says that uh, God the Father seeks this, we pray this way, we pray according to his will. Now, the interesting thing is that God's will for us or for uh, his son is in Psalms uh, 2 and verse 6-8. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. In other words, He says, I've set Christ up as king over the church. He says, I will declare and decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today, I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give to you the nations for your inheritance. Now, that should spark some evangelism in some of us. (laughs) Amen. So the Bible goes on to say that in the process of the king bringing his kingdom to pass that what he is doing is he is constantly revealing it to his people he has a plan he has a program amen the bible says this that if god has a plan if he has a program that the plan always begins with a person say what yes there is no plan without a person and without a person There is no program, and if there is no program, then God can't bring things to pass. Now, that means that if God wants to use you, that he cannot fulfill his plan in the earth if you are not willing to be used. So you stop the plan when you refuse to do. Are y'all still with me? Amen. So the Bible says that this king that was coming was none other than Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ, the king, will consummate history. In other words, when Jesus comes back, then history is complete. Now, some people say that history is his story. Amen? History is the redemptive unfolding of God's plan in the person of Jesus Christ. So everything that happens, happens through Christ. It is his plan that's being unfolded in front of us. Are you still with me? Amen? Amen? So we're moving to that place where Christ governs. And hopefully that uh, each one of us is growing more and more so that we come to that place where Christ has more authority in our lives. Ah, yeah, okay, getting a little slow now. Where Christ has more authority in our lives. Amen? In other words, places where we are more submitted to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So this prayer is God's paternity, it's God's priority, and it's God's program. Amen. The Bible says that it is the culmination of the history of the world, and that is the place where Jesus comes to reign and rule. Now, can I tell you that it doesn't come all at once? Each time you have a victory in your life, that's a place where he's reigning. When you pray for healing and you get healed, that's a place where he's reigning. Are y'all still with me? When you're asking God for resources and he provides them, that's a place that he is reigning. So the heart of the matter is the kingdom. Everything is about the kingdom of God. That's why that verse 10 says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Amen? Amen. Now, can I look at the, the, the model for just a moment and show you while, why this prayer is so important to every believer? Amen? Amen. Because every part of the prayer speaks of God. For example, our Father who art in heaven, that's God's paternity. He's our Father. Amen. Hallowed be thy name. That's God's priority. His name is above everything. Thy kingdom come, that's God's program that we're talking about right here. Thy will be done, that's God's plan for mankind. The Bible says, give us this day our daily bread, that's God's provision. So he provides for every need that we have. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's God's pardon, that's only given to us as we pardon others, amen. Amen. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's God's protection. He makes sure that the enemy cannot put his hands on his property. Then the Bible goes on to say this, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. That's God's preeminence. He is the supreme authority in all the issues of life. Amen. Amen. So the first half of the prayer, the Bible says, focuses basically on, uh, exclusively, excuse me, on God's agenda, and the last half deals with our petitions before God. Amen? So when I pray, thy kingdom come, I am of my own volition relinquishing my rule to the rule of Christ. In other words, I relinquish control of my life, and I allow the Holy Spirit to have complete control of my life. That is when the kingdom comes in my life. That's when he gets into my heart. And I have an understanding of what the kingdom is. Amen. So the Bible says that the spirit of Christ within me then takes control. And I ask God by the Holy Spirit to do your will through me. And that's how we grow in Christ. I ask the Holy Spirit, do your will through me. Now notice it has nothing to do with my will. And we have to, we have to constantly remind ourselves that it is the will of God that, that we are here. and It is the will of God that we are, uh, uh, have our mission or our assignment, our purpose in life. So God's will is why we're here to do what he wants us to do. We are strictly yielded vessels. Amen? But then when we look at this, when we see uh, that will be done, (coughs) excuse me, as the next part of the petition, then we understand that his kingdom can never come until his will has been done. Let's say that one more time. His kingdom can never come until his will has been done. Because his kingdom and his will are one. Amen? So the Bible says that When I say, your kingdom come, your will be done, the two are parallel. I can't have one without the other. Amen? Amen? That's why people think that they can do God's will their way and it does not work. That just becomes your will and you do what you want to do. I I don't think we understand that. Most of the time we think that we're doing the right thing because it's comfortable for us, but it's his will. And I'm always reminded that his will is not comfortable for us. How do I know that? Because he already said, your ways. Are we understanding this? So if we go for the easy thing. The convenient. There's a a, a good chance that we'll have a problem. So he says this, let's go on, because part of my new agenda is to be timely. Okay now, don't be surprised when you hear here and I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I hear that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's gonna happen, yeah. <laughs> And so we began to look at the progression here. Here's what he says. His will can't be done until he he is acknowledged as king. Before his will can be done, you have to make him king. Then no one will submit to his will until they submit to his lordship. So if you don't make him lord of your life, then you are not going to submit your will to a person that you don't see as having authority in your life. That's why there's so much rebellion in this world today. But let's go on. I'm going to keep moving. Until we submit to his will, we, uh, he can't be Lord. Now, what does that mean? That means that he can't do the things in your life that he would want to do in your life because you won't let your will be bent to his will. Are we still talking? Until he is Lord, you have no capacity to hallow his name. If he's not your Lord, you can't say our father who art in heaven, hallowed be because if I'm doing my will, then it's my name that's being hallowed. So I put myself above God. Are y'all seeing this? So it wouldn't be enough to say, hallowed be thy name unless we say, thy kingdom come. And you can't say, thy kingdom come, apart from saying, thy will be done and because his kingdom is the right to rule, which gives him the privilege of expressing his will to which we are to submit. Big sentence, right? But you got it. If you don't give him authority to rule, he won't. Are you understanding this? So it flows together. The kingdom is that for which God planned in history that he may rule, and he may reign, and that he may be supreme in our lives. That was the plan from the beginning, and I don't have time to have a history lesson this morning, so you're going to just have to stick around for the rest of the year and get the lessons as we go through it. <laughs> Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done, as it is in heaven expresses the desire that uh, the acknowledgement of God's reign and the accomplishment of his purposes take place in the world as it is already taking place in heaven. What is my purpose here? To make sure that I can give the people on earth a revelation of what is going on in heaven. Do you understand that? When the kingdom comes, we on earth get to see what God is up to. And not many of us get that opportunity. Because most most of us are looking at what works for us, what serves our best interests. And what he's saying is that what you're supposed to do is focus on what's going on in heaven. For example, if the Bible says that, that we are supposed to reflect who Christ is, and I mentioned to the group the other day that Jesus made it very plain. The Bible says he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So what's your mission statement? And how hard is it for you to remember who you are? Do good. Heal all those who were oppressed. In other words, speak deliverance, not, 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 <laughs> not the spitting on your kind of deliverance, but the kind the kind of deliverance where you can express love and get a person out of bondage. Come on. God have mercy. So let's move on. The Bible says, so the heart of the prayer is that God's will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. When the two clauses are parallel, we learn that God's kingdom comes whenever his will is being done. The kingdom comes whenever his will is being done. So perfect obedience to his will, perfect obedience to his will awaits the final arrival of the king. But in the meantime, the Bible teaches, those who follow Christ can experience his sovereign rule by doing what? Living lives of obedience. What does that mean? The more I obey this word, the more the kingdom comes in my life, the more the kingdom is revealed in my life, the more of the king's authority I have in and over my life, and the more authority of the king that I possess, the more things I'm able to accomplish in the world. Everybody real quiet all of a sudden. See, I can do what God has called me to do, if I would just do it. Amen. Now, can I just stop for a moment? I, I was on a roll here and I'm, my time, I'm almost good done here, but I got to take one little short turn. See, the problem we have, and that's why I'm talking about simplification. The problem is you make everything too complicated. You can't do stuff if you got a bunch of rules that restrict you from being free. Amen. Sometimes you just got to try something. Amen. Amen. In Christ. In Christ. (laughs) In, 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 in. In Christ. You have a Bible, you have spiritual leaders, you have the authority of God available to you. So then, why don't you have more power? Amen. Your power is limited by your rebellion. Amen. Come on, tell your neighbor, because he don't know that. Say, your power is limited by your rebellion. Your rebellion, come on, in case you remissed it. Uh, remissed it, you missed it. Your rebellion is your fight against God. Do you understand? The more you fight with God, come on. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's so simple that it's going to just mess your mind up. If you stop fighting with God, you still end up at the same destination. All you're doing is taking the long way around. You're on your way to New York City, and you take a detour to San Francisco before you get there. Pastor, nobody would do that. I heard about a bunch of people that had a three-week journey. It took them 40 years to make it. Can I make one more point? Now I'm going to hit this and move on now. You know, in the 40-year journey, the Bible says that all of those people who rebelled did What? Die. What? Die. What? And you know, what most people don't understand is that when God speaks, he does not speak to an individual. He speaks to nations, to generations. Amen. And if he tells you something is going to happen, trust me, it's going to happen. Amen. You may not see it because of your rebellion. It may take you know, a new generation to bring in this thing that God is doing. So if God says it's going to happen, trust me, it's going to happen. Amen. As a matter of fact, the Bible is very clear. It said that those children... Uh, uh, of Israel died in their rebellion. Y'all understand that? So when we say, you know, well, why don't you try to do it this way? Or why don't you say it this way? Or, I ain't going to do that. I ain't, I ain't going to be no punk. Don't <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody care? We're trying to get somewhere. Y'all understand this? So sometimes I have to to, to to swallow my pride and just let it go and move on. Huh? If I have to get past you, and excuse me a word, hey, ain't no sense in us fighting in the aisles when. You ever tried that, y'all? Excuse me. Hallelujah. That's a hallelujah there, ain't it? So now let's look at this a little closer. The Bible says, thy kingdom come. The word thy is S-O-U, sue. It means your. The word kingdom, basilea, is translated kingdom, and it means to rule or reign. So the Bible says that what happens when most of us start to think about the kingdom of God, we're always thinking about something geographical rather than something spiritual. When we look at kingdoms, the Bible says that kingdoms has to do with authority and rule not with people and things Uh, uh, mm, 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 mm. you know the uh there was once a saying that the the sun never set on the uh roman empire and that's because there were so many countries that were under that umbrella that no matter wherever you went that Authority was there. No. So, so you have to understand that Basilea has to do with authority. So the Bible says this. It says, uh, well, let Pilate use this thing with Jesus. He says, uh, what, what kind of king are you? Y'all, y'all remember that? In John chapter uh, 18, verse 36, he said, what, what kind of king are you? And Jesus, Jesus gave him an answer. Now, I love Jesus. He always said the right thing. He said, my kingdoms are not of this world. Amen. And see, even though we're sojourners here, uh, our kingdom is not of this world. Amen. Our authority comes from heaven. Amen. So then when we see the word uh, kingdom, the word basilea should come to mind, and the Bible says that it means that your reign come. Your reign come. Amen? That means that Christ's rules comes into our life, and uh, when, it, when it does, we, we understand that it doesn't have anything to do with castles and moats and buildings or what have you. But the Bible says it is the rule of Christ that is the reign of Christ. It is the sovereignty of Christ for which we are to pray. And why do we pray for it? Because the last word is come, thy kingdom come. So the Bible says that word, "Ekromaya." Uh, it simply means the reign of Christ coming quickly. When we pray, we should ask. That's why we say, come now, Lord. Amen. So the Bible says that word means let it come immediately and suddenly. The Bible has already taught us that when Christ comes, it will be immediately and suddenly. The Bible says that we might not all die, but, but we all will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. That's pretty quick. I don't know what a twinkle looks like, but I suspect it's pretty quick. Amen. <laughs> So we should be praying that the kingdom will come and it will come quickly, immediately. Now, now, why is it so important that it comes quickly? Because most of us have a tendency to procrastinate. We think we have time. We hesitate. I'm going to fix it tomorrow. I got a plan. I'm working on it. I'm fixing to. All the stuff that we say. But what is that? That means I'm in rebellion. I don't believe that Christ has the authority to fix this, so I'm going to try it myself. And if I can't fix it, then I'm going to go to God. That is blatant rebellion. That's high-handed. Wave your fist in God's face. Rebellion. To him who knows and does not do, the Bible says that is what? And sinners all have their place in the lake of fire. Well, pastor, I'm going to repent. You know, if it don't work, I'm going to repent. I'm going to ask the Lord to forgive me. What if you don't have that last breath to say that? Why do we spend so much time fighting with God when we could just submit? Now, can I just tell you as a, a human being, I have found in life, and, and, and you know I, I've been around a decade or two. I have found out that if I focus my attention on doing the things that I need to do rather than trying to do the things that I think everybody else wants me to do, I'm always going to be ahead of the curve. So I told you all some years ago, I learned how to eliminate the clutter in my life. I said, no, too much stuff. I can't do it all. I don't have the mind to pull all of these things together. So what do I focus on? I focus on what's important. What's important? First things first. Come on. I think that the best thing that we can do is set our priorities. The first priority is my relationship to Christ. I'm saved. Saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. I don't have no problem with that. My second priority is to my family. I need, I need, if I'm the man, I need to be the man. Amen. But listen, my family is always going to be taken care of because I'm first a godly man. You understand that? So anything that does not fit into those parameters, I don't have a problem with it. Now I consider you all my family most days. (laughs) So, so I'm always going to go to bat for family like most of you do. But I'm not going to bat for family who is living like heathens. I'm going, to, listen, because if you want to be a part of my family, then I expect that we had the same daddy. Yeah. And I'm going to stop with that. Or you're going to be calling your daddy's name in a minute. <laughs> so, let's close this. What do you say? Now, I'm not closing because I'm finished. I'm closing because I'm just going to do a part two. (laughs) But I do need to learn how to be more timely because I'm simplifying. I could give you more information, but you won't retain any more than what I've given you already. (laughs) So, in other words, let me say this. Whatever the kingdom is, it is the apex of human history. That is the reign and rule of Christ. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. I know we don't believe that, but nothing else matters. It doesn't matter what you think is important. The only thing that's important in your life is the reign and rule of Christ in your life. Not your money, not your children, not... Your, your, your bills and, and, and your, your sicknesses, none of that matters because that's all under the blood. And if you claim the blood, then guess what? Those things will be taken care of. You get the authority from Christ to handle those situations. So nothing else matters. And those things that do matter, here's what I love it. That those things that do matter, they matter because they come in accord with his will. So you still end up in the same place. And that was my point. You now have to bring those things subject to his will. And if you don't, then they don't get taken care of anyway. So why are we fretting? Why are we struggling? Why are we confused about so many things, pulled in so many directions? If you can't fix it, listen to me, if you can't fix it, Physically, spiritually, if you can't fix it, then it's a God problem. Okay. if you can fix it, then fix it. Now, let me try that one more time because you might not have gotten that. If you can fix it, fix it. If you can't fix it, it's a God problem. If it's a God problem, then you stay out of it. That's why you need to learn how to pray. But well, wait, Pastor. Well, well, my children need me. Do you all not know that parents die? They do. I, I know that. That's a whew, that's a big surprise, right? Then what? Oh, now you're gonna call on God? You've seen the funerals where people waited. You know. And while there might be room at the cross, there ain't no room in the casket. So, hey amen. Y'all know I'm telling the truth, man. So then, I need to stop here. And what I need to tell you is this that when we think about the kingdom, We think about the reign and the rule of Jesus Christ. And when we think about the reign and rule of Jesus Christ, it means that it comes into our life when we submit to his authority, to his lordship. When we submit to his lordship and his authority, then the kingdom has come to us. If the kingdom has come to us, the Bible says that's when we experience the power and the authority of the king. Amen. The Bible talks about how Jesus, when he, he met the man, uh, 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 I forgot his name now. It, but anyway, he said, said to him, he said, when he told, invited him to his house, he said, the kingdom of God has come to you today. Yes. In other words, what I'm saying to you is that when the kingdom of God comes to you, it's because you have submitted to his authority. Amen. So I I I want to I want to close by praying for you today. Um, let's stand. Let's stand. Oh y'all can't believe this again. So I want us to pray together. Eyes closed, head bow. I wonder, as you begin this year, 2021, how many of you are still living in a rebellious state? Will you think that you are in control of your own destiny? I wonder how many of us are still wrestling with problems that we have absolutely no control We're worried about sickness and disease, pandemics, and we can't control any of it. We control, we're concerned about our resources, even though God has made a way for you to have everything that you need when you need it. So I wonder how many will say today, Pastor, I want to submit my will to his will. I want to do what he's called me to do in his kingdom. So let's pray this morning. We pray that Christ's reign would come in the hearts of the lives of the people who don't know him. We pray that the reign of God will come to the fullness of so that we might become worthy of his presence. We pray today that you will come and break the oppression of sin, set this evil world on the right course. We ask that you come immediately, that you allow us to make a commitment today that commitment is Lord you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords in my life and I want to obey you right now I pray that the kingdom of God is in our midst right now and that the reign and rule of God is prevalent in our hearts then Father we thank you Thank you for giving us this privilege, God. We we thank you for it. We thank you for the privilege of being part of your kingdom. We acknowledge you as king. We acknowledge that your kingdom is manifested in your son, Jesus. And we thank you that you have allowed your son, Jesus, to be manifested in us. Now open the eyes of the understanding of these people, Lord. Open our ears to hear and our hearts to receive that we might embrace your calling. And God, that we will receive it in our lives as we continue to train for reigning. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you agree with that, it is my sincere belief that you will start your new year by embracing these principles and understanding that Jesus is not just Lord. He is Lord of all. And as we continue to remember that, then this year, make it a a point. I won't say a resolution. Make it a point to keep yourself from anger. Anger will never fulfill the purposes of God. Amen. This is your test, this is always the point that you are tempted and try. You know when the devil is about to get you because he finds something to make you angry. And I want you to know this morning that you have choices. What's my choice? I can choi- I choose to rejoice. I can, cho- that sounded like choice to rejoice. Rhymes in my head. You can choose to rejoice. You don't have to go there. Amen. Learn how to walk away. Amen? Amen. Now, I want to seal this with communion today. So officers, uh, that's right, you don't have to move them anymore, do you? (laughs) All right. The Bible gives us this record from Paul. People ask me all the time, why do you always read the thing? Why don't you just say it? Because the Bible calls it a record. I read the record. Or as Claire Huxley would say, let the record show. Now Paul's thoughts is in verse 23, he says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That's why I read it because he says, I got this from the Lord and now I'm giving it to you. And I'm giving it to you the same way he received it. Verse 24 says, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me, the Bible says,